0: This morning it's going to be a controversial topic and I'm going to show you one of the questions I've been struggling with for 23 years. So the title this morning is What Will Be the Sign of Your Coming? How many of you follow the end times preachers? And they talk about this a lot. What is going to be the sign of His coming? Because there are certain signs. And um, I want to be true to the... The belief that there are different views on the end times, um, if you get with a certain group of people let's say reformed people, their view is a lot different than Baptist people, and uh, it, it depends on what seminary you went to, Dallas Theological Seminary, the Master Seminary versus Westminster theological Seminary, and what they and it 's because the end times is not real clear there 's a lot of nuances there 's a lot of theory. Uh, and then there are some things that are pretty crystal clear. And so it's trying to marry all those things. And so what I want to do is share different opinions about this. Not weird opinions, not things that are, that are out there, but these are so important that my study Bible, my study Bible, actually at the beginning of Revelation, it says here are the six different views held throughout Christian history. And so, and the only reason I say that is when I share different views, the, usually the pre, premillennial, dispensational, current you know, belief right now, and they don't like me offering other views. And all I'm saying is, hey, here's what other people believe. Here's why we need to show grace and love. And we can have our, our view and hold our view strongly, but we also have to understand that this is not an essential of the Christian faith. The essential is Jesus is Lord and Savior and He's coming back again. Are we ready? Are we prepared? uh and there's different and i don't want to confuse people with terms but it is interesting you know there's something like uh preterism that believes all the prophecies in the bible have already been fulfilled now that one for the life of me <laughs> don't understand but they have you know from their viewpoint or partial preterism some things have been fulfilled uh all millennialism that we are currently in the millennial reign of 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 christ and if you listen to my podcast with Sam Storm theologian Sam Storm he breaks it down why he believes that and then there's others that believe in the um, post post tribulation, where we're actually as believers going to go through the tribulation, but God preserves His people, and we're going to go through it. And then the final coming, Jesus return, everything happens at the end of that. And then a lot of people, most of you probably, if you listen to Jack Gibbs, Amir Safar,te Jack Graham, uh, you know a lot of people even on our radio network, Greg Glory. Of course, all the Calvary Chapel guys are pre pre tribulation. Meaning we're going to be raptured before the tribulation comes, and the reason they have different views is the main view on that the main the main kingpin that I believe is when they say um, that we're not appointed for God's we're not appointed into God's wrath that scripture, but that scripture in context is actually dealing with the final judgment and being sentenced to hell for eternity. So I, I can't apply that Scripture to the tribulation. Now, if God is pouring out His wrath on a disobedient earth, yeah, I don't believe Christians would be receiving that. But could God cover? Like he, when, he, when, he, when He judged uh, Egypt, He preserved His people. Hmm, so that's interesting. So you see why there's different views. And if you go back, you can listen to um, what I taught in the past and and my view, um, I, I've shared this many times before, is uh, you know, pan-tribulation, of course, seeing how it's all going to pan out. But um, I, because when great men of God are divided, I'm just a country preacher. I just go and preach repentance, and I'm like theology, eschatology, pneumatology, soteriology, and inductive and deductive approach to your sermon preparation on hermeneutics and homiletics. I'm like, wow. I, I just, the simplicity of the Gospel turning sinners back to Him. And so that's why I don't get dogmatic because these guys are smarter than me. They read the Greek. They understand the Hebrew. And that's important because there are sentence structures that we're going to get into. Uh, read or beware when the abomination of desolation is standing in the temple. Right? Well, that if you break down that word, it's actually that which desolates. Something is an abomination which is a desolation to, the, to Israel. And so it's the sentence structure and the wording and the verb tenses. An ever-present participle. And the verb actually means it's a continual action versus something that's already happened. I'm like, I just want to preach the simplicity of the Gospel. But I've committed a revelation and boy, oh boy, oh boy, has it been fun. Uh, so what will be the sign of your coming? And I would like to just read the passage that we're going to be unpacking for the next week or two, pulling in from Revelation 6, which was last week, so make sure you listen to last week, because Revelation 6 was called the Four uh, Horsemen of the Apocalypse, uh, and I also watch, watch a lot of health podcasts, you know, people like Peter Atia and this guy who's real famous right now on, on cognitive and, and, uh, and brain chemistry, and they get together and they do podcasts, and, and they talk about the Four Horsemen uh, of, of, of bad health you know, with cancer and diabetes and, and cognitive-related issues. But it's funny how the four horsemen, it kind of has, has, it's, it's stuck uh, for, for decades and even centuries. And that was, you know, he who conquered on the white horse. Uh, some people think that's the Antichrist. Some people think that was the Roman a general Titus because he did conquer Jerusalem. And then another horse coming that, that is a pale horse, and on it was death and, and, and from the Tombstone movie. Right. Some of you think of that. and so and then the the scale, the the weight and the scale. This black horse that, that brings famine and and, we, and the, the 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 other horse that comes and and that was Revelation six and many people tie that in with Matthew twenty four, and rightly so. And then if you want to get real interesting, we'll go grab Daniel nine, where he talks about the seventy weeks of Daniel, and I read that six times this week. What? Wow! And you read different commentaries, like, well, this, okay, good point. And then, nobody's, there's not a universal, you know, belief in this. It's, it's good to have your view, but just, just don't hold on it to too, too tightly to where you, where you, where you get in fights with people, right? Loosely, where you can shake their hand and agree to disagree. So let's talk about Matthew 24. Here we go. Buckle up and hold on. I'm going to read it. I'm going to stop. We're going to talk about it for a minute. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. So He's at the temple, and He goes out. He departs from the temple, and the disciples came up to show Him the buildings of the temple. So you get this picture where they're, they're kind of, I see it as they're wanting to brag. Jesus, look, look at all this. This is incredible. And the temple was pretty incredible. If you look at the inner court, the outer court, and then they went into the holies of holies and the the porch and the area for sacrifice, and you can find images on on online, and it's well not the of the actual right one, but what it looked like, and they were they were somewhat bragging. Look at this, this is incredible. And Jesus said, "Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon another." that shall not be thrown down. Not one stone. A total desecration of the temple. And as far as I can see, I haven't found anyone that would necessarily disagree, but this actually happened about a generation later. Jesus is talking about this in 30 A.D. More or less. Around 70 A.D., 40 years later, a generation was still that when Jesus talks about this generation, we'll we'll experience this. Titus came into Jerusalem and wiped it out, annihilated it. Every stone was thrown upon another and onto the ground. And Josephus writes about this. I think it's even Eusebius, another historian, writes about this. And you can this is an actual event that was fulfilled in A D seventy. Nobody disagrees about that. Where they start to disagree is as Jesus keeps going on, Many will say all all of those things, which is hard for me to grasp, all of those things have already happened because Jesus said, this generation, where Chuck Smith would say, well, this generation means the generation of people or the generation that's going to be living at the end of age, and I've never been able to, to connect that in my own mind because Jesus is talking to His contemporaries. Just this generation, you will experience this. You will, this generation. So for me, to fast forward that 2,000 years, has been a, been a hard one. Now, I understand what they're saying, but there's, there's, a, there's a difficulty there. However, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute. I, I, I think I have it down, so I'm, I'm not going to jump to that yet. But what you'll see a lot in Scripture is dual fulfillment. So something that's happening then will also happen later. And so it's written for them. And I think that's that's the thing that's always been hard for me is Jesus is talking to His disciples. He's warning them. Hey, don't be deceived. This is what's going to happen. And sometimes I think we just easily dismiss that and say, no, all of this is for us. Actually, a lot of that is for them. He cared for them too. He spoke to them as well. And so He goes on to say, Now as He sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of Your coming? And of the age. Tell us, when when, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of Your coming? And of the end of the age. Boy, I want to stop there for a minute, but I'm, I'm going to force myself not to. And verse 4, And Jesus answered and said to them, Okay, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in My name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Do we still deal with that today? Absolutely. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but then the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Now again, partial preterism or different views, all millennialists, they, they if they take from Josephus and other things, a lot of these things, actually every single one of these things happened back in that generation that Jesus was speaking to. Now, is that going to happen Now, Yes. Earthquakes increasing, wars, rumors of wars. We will see these, these birth pains increasing as well. So that's why dual fulfillment really helps me. Because without that, you have to say, no, none of this is, Jesus is talking to these people and telling them, hey, be careful, watch out for these things. But no, that's really not for them. It's for us. I, I can't do that. Because he's, he's talking to, that'd be kind of like lying. And we know Jesus isn't lying. Because there's other spots he would say, don't worry, it's going to be a while. Like when, when the angel told Daniel, hey, seal it up. This is for a long time away. He's talking to them. He's helping them. He's telling them what to, to watch out for. And he said, they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for My name's sake. Which was true then. Is it true now? Oh boy, is it ever absolutely true today and going to get worse and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another i didn't do that then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and again if i had reading early historians i could take you back to after jesus jesus died and it's very interesting to see the false Christ and the false people that rose up absolutely talking to them. Is it applicable to us? <laughs> yes. If, if not more so, because there's more uh, people on the face of the earth, but there's also more of the Gospel going out. There's more false prophets even now. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now that's been confusing to some people, and um to me it's it's kind of straightforward because lawlessness will abound, which we're seeing now, right? The love of many will grow cold, and that's kind of what I meant by all, all these assembly bills, the satanic the 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 i'm even i if i'm not careful can get quenched and like just the love of many will grow cold my love is growing cold my my want a desire of holiness and to see lord i'm just getting worn out all this lawlessness is wearing me out now please tell me you can't relate right or you can't relate i guess and I we're that right but we we we're getting burned out and that's what happens the more lawlessness increases the more we just get burned out and maybe I think more so obviously when you're on the front lines. Like, I don't know how Jack Hibbs does it. I mean, an event, a church event, at a stadium, doing podcasts, Charlie Kirk event, talking about the nation, the great resets. Like, man, you must not have kids at home. I tease him about that, and he doesn't. So that, but, but you see, but, but how do you keep that? And then, but then those people inspire me. I don't know about you, right? Like, well, if they're doing all that, surely I can keep moving forward. Surely we can offset this satanic group doing this. And certainly we can come and worship and and we can go make a difference on the assembly bills. And and, and, and then I get worn out by hearing people, you know, um, podcasts and different things. You parents in California, how can you stay there and submit to this kind of stuff? You need to flee California. I'm like, man, what about fighting? I mean, when do I? I, what, I, I it's like, and it, you get you can get worn down. And now again, if your if your kids are in a public school and you're doing all you can do and you feel God calling you, I think that's fine. But if everyone leaves, you know, is that is that is that where what our position supposed to be? So he said. And because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end will be saved. Now, I could make a whole sermon out of this. Can you lose your salvation? Can't you? Calvinism, Armenianism, All I know is what the Bible says. And the Bible is clear that endurance is always a sign of genuine faith. Often you'll see the people that fall away, like, how did this major worship leader fall away? How did this pastor fall away? How did how did this author of this book, Christian book, fall away? You know, I kissed dating goodbye. Me and my wife read that together. And then this guy walks away from the faith. I don't know if he ever had it to begin with. Because the this is the persecution will sift you. You're not going to keep playing games if if it if it costs you your life, your reputation, your comfort, persecution will bring it out of you. Praise God for that. And I I, I just thank God for I don't know if you'll hear this or not. Uh, I was actually down in that area, kind of close. But that that the school board president in Temecula, who actually is fighting was fighting the governor. I don't know the vote didn't go well, but saying no, we're gonna we're gonna notify parents. We're going to help parents if their kids want to change their gender. Absolutely. She got death threats. How sick and perverted are these people to actually threaten her? See, it's demonic. Once you understand, it's demonic. They give themselves over to a debased and corrupted mind and they are led by the Father of darkness, not the Father of light. And then they get deceived thinking we're for the people. We're for love. No, you're for perversion and sin and all kinds of wickedness. And you've been deceived so you think you're this free freedom fighter and you're going to let people live how they want and we're going to stand up for that 9-year-old that wants to change their gender. No, that's not standing up for them. That is child abuse. Let them work through these issues. Point them to the cross. Point them to the Savior. And so that is how we ended it here. The Gospel of this Kingdom will be preached in all the world as it is written to all the nations. Then the end will come. This part is hard for me to see how that already happened. That's why I'm not a, a, a certain group of eschatology. I'm, I'm kind of like all over the place. Like That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm a pan It's going to pan out and I'm trusting in God. And I'm just being honest with you, and that actually frustrates people. Pastor, you need to have a solid view on your eschatology. What? Why you differ from that person? Yeah, but I'm right, they're wrong. Why well, they say you, they're right, you're wrong? Where, where do you where do you do you where do you want to go with this? Because there's there's we just know what Scripture says. Unless all doesn't mean all. All could mean that general area. You know, I, I got it. But we see these things playing out. Also, I think we have a much better view of things now a hundred years later, when they didn't think it was possible for one person to govern the whole world. When, how, how are they going to witness this in Revelation? They're going to see, the whole world's going to see the witness, and that, that's impossible. But now we see how all these things could easily come to pass. So, something that I've always really appreciated is, it's called dual fulfillment. I think we have, um, the, 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 well there's a whole bunch in the Bible, but just some that stick out Dual fulfillment means it was fulfilled then, and it's going to be f- fulfilled in, that, in the future. Or, it was fulfilled, uh, especially in the case of, uh, number three, Isaiah's virgin birth prophecy was fulfilled pretty close to, uh, and I won't get into detail, it had nothing to do with Jesus. It actually had a virgin conceived, and that was a, a sign to one of the kings. But then... Five, six hundred years later? Is that about when Jesus came after Isaiah? I don't know. You can tell me later. But then now that prophecy comes true as well. And so you can see Joel's Holy Spirit prophecy. In the last days, in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit. That's what Peter said. He preaches powerful sermon. Powerful sermon because, oh, you're just drunk. You're speaking in tongues. That hasn't changed. Still mocking the gifts of the Spirit? And, you, and Peter says, oh, no, 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 no. Let me clarify here. They're not drunk as you suppose. This is what the prophet Joel spoke of. That in the last days, I will pour out My Spirit on the sons and daughters and the old men proph- dream dreams, the young men prophesy, and on My men servants and My maid servants, I will pour out My Spirit in those days. And this is that. This is that. But then, if you keep reading, it's going to talk about things that are still to come or especially when Jesus, some part of Scripture, when He came into the temple, this is in my notes, I just now thought of it, he's, He comes and he, he says, I, God has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the good news and, and to the sight to those who are blind, to set the captives free. And this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. But there's not a period. It actually goes on to say, and the day of the vengeance of our Lord. He stopped because that hasn't come yet. So see, it's, it's Scripture, there's dual fulfillment in, 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 in all the Scripture. And you can look at Ezekiel's Gog and Magog prophecy, if that's coming again in the future, and, and what, what happened back then. Samuel's prophecy to David. Uh, possibly Matthew 24 could be dual fulfillment. And that's what I think is difficult because God in the sovereignty, the Word is perfect and it will make sense at some point. It's hard to write to a group of people and still have relevance today. And if we're not careful, we can put all the relevance on us. And forget that actually, one of the laws of homiletics is putting together a sermon. Hermeneutics is a study of the Bible. One of the laws you cannot break is you have to look at the contextual... Uh, consistency. You have to look at the historical consistency and then canonical consistency. What does the whole Bible mean? What was the author trying to say to those people? If you, if you bypass all that and say, oh, what does it have to say to me? What's it just, just for me today? You can actually take scripture out of context. And I want to do a podcast on that because it's so important. The scripture's out of context. I mean, it's kind of funny because I used to quote him, and I and I still do. But we just have to be careful, uh, especially um, for some of you. This might just be a little extra, um, the, you know. And I, it, it's when he talks about the Bible talks about God. I know the plans for you to give you hope in a future of peace and a war. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, And we claim it. And it's good if God puts that on your heart. He's gonna. I believe he can use scripture to confirm something. And we, man, we sit on that. But actually, the context is they're going into captivity for 70 years. They're going, they're going into captivity by their enemies. And God's saying, don't worry. I know the plans I have for you. Many of you are going to die as slaves. But I have, I know the plans I have for you to give you a hope and a future. And it's going to be on to their children. And so the context is so important. So important. And we use if my people are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. The context is when God said, when I bring pestilence, when I bring famine, when I bring drought, if my people, if they turn back to me, then I will begin to heal their land. Or one of my favorites, and I still get this a lot, people post on social media, Pastor, you, don't you know you're not supposed to judge? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually supposed to judge. No, 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 read it, Matthew 7. You're not supposed to judge. No, read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. First, get your heart right. Then you can and should judge, and John, he says, "You are to discern and judge all things, so see scripture even in especially end times, we have to look at it. What is Jesus saying to them and to us? A very famous theologian uh, by the name of d a Carson really when i read this when I read his commentary sixteen years ago, it really stood out. And he 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 would probably have a view different than many of us, um, and I, I'm not going to say what it is because I'm not real sure, but it's probably more along like all millennial type of, of view. But he said, you know, when Jesus is going to go on to say, this generation will no way pass away; they'll see these things. This generation, this generation. He said, for us to apply that to us, 2,000 years later, is the only time in all of the gospel then where we have an audience shift away from them now to us. I'm like, well, that's. Hmm, that's a good point. And so all these things over the years I've just kind of set on. So many tie in Revelation 6 with Matthew 24. And so here's how I'm going to unpack this for a minute. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. Remember I just read this 15 minutes ago? And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? I surely I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon another, and it shall be thrown down. And for those who are interested, you can read the Wars of the Jews from Josephus. I think that's the next screen. And I'm not, and, and I'm not going to um, go through this uh, uh, to, to a long degree here. But he talks about the Romans coming in and and, and decimating the temple and and really just and, and a lot. How many people? In the last sentence there died of famine. Thousands of people died of famine. They were going to a house to kill the families. Oh, they're already dead. A famine. And he would see that, that families turned on themselves and died in the famine. And and, and Rome just conquered all... It, it, was, it was a cataclysmic event for that time and that season for the Jews. Never experienced anything remotely like this. And so the next screen says Revelation 6, what we talked about last week. So this is how they would put um, Revelation 6 with Matthew... 24. The white horse was Titus. Revelation 6, 3 through 4. They, they take peace. Revelation 6, 3 through 4 talks about taking peace from the earth. So a lot of us think that could be from the whole earth, which would, I would probably lean on that. This is a hard one for me to say this is, applies to Matthew 24 because whole earth seems to denote whole earth. And Revelation 6, 5 through 6. A black horse, and he who sat on it had the pair of scales, and this is famine. And Josephus said so many people died of famine. And the pale horse, him who sat on it was called death, and hell followed. So the reason I say this is a lot of people believe Revelation 6, that I taught on last week, go and listen to that one, believes that that was fulfilled, that Jesus was talking about that in Matthew 24, and that was already fulfilled when Titus conquered Jerusalem in 70 AD. So they would believe that Revelation, 11 Revelation, has already happened. Okay, so that's where that view comes from. So I want to do something. I want to rewind rewind to Matthew 23. So we're going to go back a chapter. I don't usually read from the TLB, but I, I want to this morning. Jesus said, I will send you prophets and wise men and inspired writers, and you will kill some of them by crucifixion. You will rip open the backs of others with whips in their synagogues, and you will hound them from city to city so that you will become guilty of all the blood of the murdered godly men from the righteous Abel all the way throughout biblical history to Zechariah, slain by you in the temple between the altar and the sanctuary. Here's where it's interesting. Yes, all of this judgment of the centuries shall break upon the heads of this very generation. So Jesus is saying... In 70 AD, when, when Titus comes, this is a judgment on Jerusalem because of all the prophets you kill. That's the only way I can see this fits. And so that's what, why this event in 70 AD would, was cataclysmic. It was so important. And that's why G- Jesus even cried out, Oh, Jerusalem! Remember when he cried out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and he's weeping, he's, there's a, there's a, there's a, from the depth of his stomach, he's, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you are killing the prophets and you stone those who God has sent to you. I wanted to gather you together, but you would not listen. And now your house is left to you desolate. And that's what's coming in AD 70. That's why he said, reader, beware of the abomination of desolation that can tie in from Daniel. But I want to talk about this, the signs of the times and the end of the age here. Matthew 24.3, back to where I opened up. And here's why this is so important. Now, He sat at the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to Him privately saying, this is the third time we're reading this, tell us, number one, number one, tell us when will these things be? Number two, and what will be the sign of your coming? Number three, and what is the end of the age? Now this is more profound than you think because current pre, pre, pre-tribulation, dispensational, which many of, of you are. Again, I'm caught in the middle, so I'm, I don't label myself. And many of the teachers on our radio network are. Many men I respect are. The thing I've always had a question about is they break this up, these three things, into three different periods of history. Where to me the 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 person asking the question the disciples is waiting for one event they're not they're not asking hey when will this be in, oh when will this be a couple thousand years later and when will they're asking when will when will all these things take place and to really get a better understanding of that you actually have to cross reference scripture so let's put up Mark and Luke on the same exact event same exact event look how they word it so Jesus is at the Mount of Olives and they come up and ask him tell us. When will these things be and what is the sign that all these things will be fulfilled? See, that that tells me they're, they're asking, they're wanting, when is this cataclysmic event, this, this one thing happening? They're not asking for three different, th- different scenarios there. And then Luke, they ask Him, Teacher, when will these things be? When is, it, when is this going to happen? And what will be the sign of when these things are going to take place? Now, ironically, a lot of the the, the current teachers don't, they avoid these two. They use Matthew, and then they pull out, okay, this is number one, obviously happened when Titus came. Number two is going to happen 2,000 years later, but that's hard for me to to fathom because they they were just asking, hey, when's all this going to happen? And Jesus told them, hey, here's when it's all going to happen. And Jesus said to them, take heed. So here's his response. Take heed. He doesn't really answer them, but he just says this verse. Take heed that no one deceives you. No one deceives you. Folks, this is the, this is the biggest problem in the so-called church right now is deception. Wokism. Have you heard of that? Willfully overlooking known sin. Or known woke. Well, oh, I don't know what the E is. Willfully overlooking known sin. Evil, there we go. I knew one of you would know that. And so, and deceived, and putting the rainbow flag up, and, and saying these things that Paul didn't really mean that, Jesus didn't really mean that. And you know, we just gotta, we gotta love people. Yes, we have to love people, but we tell them the truth. And so that deception is coming over. Be, don't be deceived. Oh, I don't want to be deceived, Shane. How? Bury your face in the Word. Bury your face in the Word of God. Just listen to solid teachers. Look it up in Scripture. I believe a person planted in the Word of God, humble, broken, praying, fasting, asking God to direct them. It's real hard to be misled. Now, if a critical spirit comes in there, and they become a Bible thumper and hitting their family over the head with the Word of God, and I'm going to rule my house with a rod of iron. I know all the Scripture. You will be misled and deceived because pride—the pride of your heart has deceived you, Obadiah. The pride of your heart has. Deceived you. Staying humble, humble, humble. He said, many will come in My name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And I I thought about it, but I'm not going to do it today. But you can go online, you can find all these people, usually in different countries. This one guy, he's like, I think he's from, I don't even know, he looks like he's maybe Chinese or Philippine, and he's got a huge following. And he says he's the Messiah. And he's got so many people following him. And other people, you can look and how people come up, I am the Messiah. And it's just amazing how spot on this is. But the deception, like, what would make you follow a person like that? What would make you follow David Koresh to Waco, Texas? Wait, well, he sounds, he's saying the right thing. Yeah, but when he wants 18 wives, I mean, that's in hello. And all the the deception in there, and what about I don't remember his name, but it had all those people drank Kool Aid, Jones. And for the younger crowd, that's where that term comes from. Don't drink the Kool Aid, because a lot of people was it a thousand were led away astray with him, this false teacher, and talked into drinking the Kool Aid that had poison in it. Where does this deception come from? Where does it come from? And we see this in cults too, cults that call themselves Christians. How are they? How do you? How are you so deceived and brainwashed and believing this? Again, what it it goes back to what I just said. The Word of God is not primary. This is my gauge. This is my gauge. We have a person coming now. I don't know if he's here. I'd like to do a podcast with him. So talk to me afterwards. But he was like a historian for the Jehovah's Witness. And what comes before the Bible? The Watchtower. The Watchtower interprets the Bible. Watch out when somebody else interprets the Bible. In Mormonism, does the Bible come first? Nope. The supposed dream of Joseph Smith about these special glasses who read these gold tablets, and an angel told him to start this denomination because all denominations are wrong except for his. Bing, 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 bing. Red light. Red light. But Shane, I asked God to show me. I did get this burning in the bosom. How do you know that wasn't demonic? Hello? Hello? Come on, wake up. Folks, get into the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? It will not mislead you. It is the truth. It is It points you to the way, the truth, and the life. It does not change. It is not flexible. The truth is absolute. Times change, but truth does not. That's how you stay stay grounded. But be careful. Again, I really want to get this point across because I run into a lot of Bible thumpers who are not humble. They can quote scripture, but their marriage is falling apart. Or their life is falling apart. Or they're arrogant and they're just nobody wants to be around them. But they know the Bible. Be careful. Humility is your greatest asset. Many will come to me in that day, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. So we shouldn't be troubled when all these things happen either. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. So, could it be dual fulfillment? That all everything he said happened before Titus conquered in AD 70. All these things. I can show you where every single one of these things happened. However, I don't think the end has come yet. I don't know, in case I'm missing something here. And so, could it be fulfillment for us now to don't let wars and rumors of wars distract us? Don't be deceived by... Of course, all this applies to us today. Absolutely. As clear as day. Nation will rise up against nation. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. So, it could have been the final day for Israel. Everything was broken at the temple, God, the abomination of desolation, we're going to talk about that. All of these things happened. However, it applies to us as well today. That we're going to start seeing these things. We're going to start seeing these, the sorrow increase and, and, and the beginning of sorrows because something's got to, it's got to culminate, it's got to come to something. We're not, we're not, we're not heading towards utopia. There, there, you, there seems to be this, 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 the earth is even, even, even mourning, it feels like. And again, how are we deceived? I went over all this already. Believing and falling, falling for a lie rather than the truth. His return will be very obvious. His return will be very obvious. Be careful because even a broken clock is right twice a day. Maybe not these kind, but you know, the kind you used to set up on the, you go and it'd say 12 o'clock. Come back later. Hey, twelve o'clock. The batteries are still working. Twelve o'clock is a you know, couple. Twelve hours later, it's still twelve o'clock. It's it's right twice a day. So sometimes people that are deceptive can 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 be on a little bit. That's why if we had time, we could talk about discerning of spirits and discerning is that really really of God? Is that is 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 that of you, Lord, and and, and having that that spiritual discernment? And I had something happen to me yesterday that that kind of showed this a little bit. It was I'm I'm preaching. I'm actually preaching, like preaching, not just teaching. And, And the guy in the front row goes, "Hey Shane, hey Shane, I need to ask you a question." You know? Okay, let me let me stop here. Let's 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 see if this is you know. I mean, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. This guy, I'm just I'm invited here. This could be one of their leaders, and I don't want to rebuke their leader. Uh, one of their leaders. And so, you know, he just kind of went on a little bit. And I said, okay, what's your question? He goes, oh, we need to run for office and school board. And I'm like, yeah, that's, well, that's true. We could have waited, you know. But, um, just, just, you know, listening and, and seeing and just talking to the people afterwards and the leaders, um, you know, they said, yeah, thanks for handling it that way, but it definitely was not of God. And I said, absolutely not. He could have came to you and said, hey, I want to share this at the end. And so you can see, that, that, and, and, and it could have been just zealous, you know, just, just overly excited and wanted to, I don't really know. It could have been a demonic distraction. It sure let the wind out of my cells. I had to, it took me a minute to recoup. I'm like, I, where was I? What, what was this about? It was just such not, not a author of confusion. Right? God's not the author of confusion. And I think that was, uh, definitely, uh, the enemy trying to sidetrack for sure. But that discerning of spirits, I don't know if as many of you are new because I told the story a few years ago. My wife remember, I was in Wisconsin, and I'm preaching. It's a long haul. I mean, it's probably it was out to like the the, the meadow out there. This long haul in Wisconsin. The American Baptist Association had me speak, and uh, I'm talking about you know what I talk about. And it was back when the Supreme Court uh, was was okaying I think gay marriage or something like that. And I said all I said was. If the Supreme Court, uh, I said 50 years ago, the Supreme Court uh, would have never allowed this. They would have laughed this legislation out of the courtroom. And, come, and I see people just getting up and leaving like, I'm talking dozens. Okay. Hmm. Well, what's going on here? Well, on my way to the airport, they decided to tell me, oh man, this is perfect timing. We were just voting on should we uh, uh, break off from each other over the LGBTQ issue. I'm like that would have been good to know. Tell me up front, because, you know, I just man, but maybe not, right? You just, I'm just telling the truth. And uh so anyway, it's it's a little it's higher up than this, and I'm I'm preaching about this, and 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 this lady, she just gets up over there. She comes and she stands right like right there. And I go. Is my is my time up? I don't, you know. And she goes. No. I need to stop you right now from speaking out against this issue. And I said. Oh man. I'm so. I'd love to talk to you afterwards. But right now, I have got to preach what the Bible tells me. And I just went on this side. And I just started to keep going on again. And so eventually, she sat down. She sat down, but she didn't want to talk afterwards. Obviously. And um, and those kind of things where the enemy will use if you're not, you know, it's like the devil will try to just stop. The work of God's Spirit, or during worship, distractions will happen, and things, and that's why people think sometimes. If and we haven't had to do it much here, but if leadership, well, that's pretty, that's pretty mean. You should just let the Spirit do what He wants. No, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is not the author of confusion. And if it's confusing and messing up the service for all the congregation, we actually have a responsibility. to Say, hey, can I bring you into the prayer room and pray with you? Because this is a distraction that's not healthy for the body. And so we have to be able to discern and make those types of decisions. But Jesus said here too, I see that you are not troubled, alarmed, or in a panic. Boy, do we need to hear that? Troubled, I'm troubled, I'm alarmed, I'm panicked. No, 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 no. Jesus has got this. This is this is this is what he spoke. Actually, we should be kind of encouraged because we have already been forewarned. And to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So hey, we as much as we want comfort and convenience, we know that these things will get worse. And he says to live with patient expectation. Live with patient expectation. Waiting for Jesus. And so that's kind of my theology on end times summed up. Is it looks it appears that there's things are going to get challenging and difficult as we get into revelation you know this this mark of the beast, the number of a man which is six 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 and and you can 't buy or sell or trade and and also um you, you, this, you know, with this one world system and these witnesses and it's, wow, it's very interesting. And, but I'm waiting still in the midst of that for Christ's return. Maybe be before that, but I want to be prepared to go through hell and to help, help others go through a difficult season in case you're not out of here before it gets tough. Because I don't know that for certain. So I can't tell you, hey, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. You're going to be out of here before some of these things. In Matthew 24, 9 through 14 then they will deliver you up in tribulation and kill you. Oh my goodness. Jesus, relax here. So did this happen to the generation He was talking to? Absolutely. Actually, family betrayed family. And everyone hated the Jews. That's been a consistent theme throughout history. And they are hated for My namesake. And then many will be offended. (laughs) Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. And many will be offended. Do you know it's okay to be offended? You're going to get offended. And that's the number one reason why many people don't come to church often or come to church or leave a church. Because offended. You offended me. And I warn people, every time I go to speak, I will offend some of you. Because the Word of God is offensive to those who don't want to hear it. But I'm not talking about that kind of offense. This is a type of offense where um, the the others will be offended because of you. Because of what you're saying. That's happening right now. And we'll betray one another and we'll hate one another. We even got a glimpse into this in COVID, didn't we? Man! Neighbor telling on neighbor. We go to Jet Hawk Stadium, and I know as a pastor or his wife, me and my wife think that they turned us in. They're not six feet apart and wearing masks. We're outside. Guys, come on. They turned us in. We will get turned in by Christians who kept their church closed for over a year. He's actually not even a pastor anymore, if it is the person I'm thinking of. But they they start to betray one another, and even over the the vaccine. Can I say that without getting canceled on YouTube? Yeah. And there are people here on both sides of it, so I'm you know I'm not going to go into that part of it. I'm just saying, people. It means uh, the videos that came out and and betraying one another and telling on people and, and it's like, gosh, can you believe how bad that can get? Especially when it comes to. Possibly that's why they're trying to pass, you know, the 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 the, the currency that's going to be digital currency. Uh, even they don't want crypto dollars. They don't want anything. They don't want gold, silver, cryptocurrency. They want to control all the money. And you have to believe this this type of system, woke ideology, and a perversion, all kinds of things. And then people maybe will turn you in. Hey, this person they're not they're not following the system. And so you can see this as is very. Very close. They'll hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Did that happen to the people who Jesus was talking to? Yes, it did. And it continues to happen. And lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. He who endures till the end shall be saved. Like I said earlier, persecution always follows genuine faith. And I, I want to remind you as often as I can on the second one. The truth will offend, but your attitude shouldn't. That's that's the hard part, right? I'm just speaking the truth. I'm just no, you're a jerk. You're arrogant. You're in their face. It's like, guys, come on. Especially in the conservative movement, we got to get a lot more gracious. I mean, I I tag people like Benny Johnson, you follow him, or Graham Allen, or all these guys, I'm like, guys, you gotta, tone it down a little bit. Like, let's, where's the love, man? You gotta, yeah, speak the truth, but don't beat them up on the way that, as they're falling. Right? You offend them and then kick them. We're no better. We're no better. See, the, we, we stand for the truth, and boy do we stand. You know who's good at this is Tony Perkins. You ever follow him on the Family Research Council? You know people like that. Jack Graham, Jack uh, Hibbs is good jack Graham's, a lot all these jim garlow i mean they're they're really good at holding the line but still loving the people and that's where people sometimes get confused because of my strong stance against these issues let's say lgbtq for example, I love the person and we help the person there's people we work with that you don't know about that struggle with these things. love them, but I will fight like hell against the agenda see that's that's and how that's the hard part like. If, if, I'm, if I'm fighting the agenda, speaking against the agenda, I can still love the person, but I won't silence my voice as not to offend because it might offend. Because you're speaking the truth. But it's coming from a genuine heart to want to help. How can you allow in the school district to say, hey, if a nine-year-old wants to change, let's get him into surgery. Let's not tell the parents." That is child abuse at a very deep level and you will be held accountable. You don't love nine-year-olds that struggle. Yes, I do, but that's not the way to do it. You see? What's the best way then to help people struggle? Point them to the cross. Point them to the Savior. Point them and say, listen, you might not take away your struggle, but now you can hold on to the hem of His garment. Now you can fall forward in the arms of God's will, redeemed and set free. And although I struggle, I have a Savior that has set me free. And He can pull me to the other side. See that's you point them to the hope right now. There is no hope. Research all those who have transgender surgery. How many of those regret it years later? There's actually lawsuits against medical facilities because of that, and it's only going to increase. And he says, Be careful of false prophets. I won't go into a lot of detail, but what what you need to know about false prophets is they twist the scripture. They twist it, and they actually encourage sin. They encourage it sometimes by their silence. A false prophet won't call people won't call people to repentance. Actually, in Jeremiah read, read chapter Jeremiah read chapter 23 today. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they spoke. They're telling my people, peace, peace, everything's good. It's safety. God loves you. Everything's fine. Keep sacrificing your children to the God of Molech. Keep living in sin and debauchery and idolatry. God's, God's okay with it. You're telling them peace, peace, when there's not peace. My judgment's coming unless you call them to repentance. Sign of a false prophet. Always a false prophet or, somebody, or a pastor who's not filled with the Spirit will never preach repentance. They'll never preach about the blood of Christ. The atoning work of the cross. That they never preach the hard truths. It's the it's, it's the it's uh, the the smooth saying. Tell me what I want to hear. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they'll look for teachers who will tell them what they want. To... Oh, that felt good in my ear. Oh, that felt. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm just oh, I'm gonna go to heaven. I can live like hell. I love this guy. I love this guy. Don't you? So, I want to ask a few questions. I might have to close a little early. Does the world love the way we do church? Well, it shouldn't. Does the world appreciate that our church never challenges anyone or anything? Am I proud that I never make members feel so uncomfortable? If so, we may want to consider Jesus' words that true disciples will be hated by the world because they speak the truth. Not because they avoid it. The love of many will grow cold. We talked about that earlier. People get worn down and worn out. John 3.20 For everyone practicing evil. Watch, look at this. For everyone practicing evil. Hates. hate. You wonder where does all this hate come from? Hello? <laughs> Hello? You remember that, don't you? When you were living like a sinner? You didn't. Did you like people telling you what to do? No way. No way. That's pride. Don't tell me what to do. Matthew twenty four fourteen. And he closed out with this. And we'll pick up next week. And this gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, then the end will come. What is the Gospel of the Kingdom? Very simple. You just have to break it down. The Gospel is the good news. The Kingdom is the Kingdom of God. The way to enter the Kingdom of God is to believe the good news that Jesus died on the cross and you believe and have faith and repent of your sin. Repentance has to take place because repentance is acknowledging I'm wrong. He's right. I repent and I have faith and belief in Jesus. And that's how a person enters the kingdom of God. But for all, most of us today, the final exhortation that we'll get to, Jesus actually says this, watch, watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. See, that's my, that's my verse. I have to watch because I don't know the hour He is coming. Watch. Therefore, you also be ready. So you have to watch. And you have to be ready because he's coming when we do not expect it. So watching is always backed by action. Make no mistake here. People sit at home eating donuts, watching Netflix. I'm watching. I'm waiting. No, that's, no. Watching is, is action. Watching means it's almost like a watchman. Watchman. On the wall, dads, men especially, you're watching. I'm watching for his return, but I'm also doing business until he returns. And I feel sometimes like Nehemiah. On one hand, I have a trial... Fixing the wall. On the other hand, I have a sword watching for the enemies. So I'm working God's kingdom and I'm building God's kingdom, but I'm watching also watching and guarding the church and her family in different areas. Watch until I return. Watching keeps you fearing the fearing God. Watching keeps you on your toes. It's almost like when I go in the Mojave Desert and walking, I'm watching for rattlesnakes. Walking circumspectly, Paul would say. That's what watching is. Watching is always backed by action. And waiting is always backed by worship. You've got to have those two. Are you watching and are you waiting for His return? Watching is your conduct. Waiting is your heart response. Worship. Worship. Psalm 37.7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Romans 12.12 12 reminds us to rejoice in hope and be patient in tribulation. Be patient in tribulation and be consistent in prayer. Some of you are having a wonderful week this week. Some of you are going through hell. Regardless, this applies. Be patient, patient in that tribulation. Be consistent in prayer. Humble yourself before God and take that prayer request to Him and say, Lord, You change this situation. Lord, You break me. You humble me. I'm going to wait upon You. and Waiting means I keep my mouth shut sometimes. Waiting means I don't rush ahead before God and make decisions. Alright God, I've had enough of this. I'm taking matters in my own hands. That's very dangerous and destructive.